This is the We Spin Recipes podcast with Andrew Apanov. Hello everyone, Andrew Apanov here with a new edition of the We Spin Recipes podcast and today I've got Robert Chadwick from Jukebox PR on the show. Hello Rob. Hello, how are you doing it? Doing great and uh, really excited to have you here. Uh, do you mind if I uh, start with this uh, kind of banal but very important part of asking you to introduce yourself and the company and explain a little bit of what it does and what's your role in there? So yeah, I'm uh, obviously I'm Rob Chadwick. Uh, hi everybody. I work for Jukebox PR, which is uh, based in London and Leeds in the UK. We run day-to-day operations with events and festivals and DJs uh, around the world. Uh, my role is obviously the senior account manager, so I overlook all the all the staff and, and make sure all the day-to-day operations are going really well, basically, um, for those events and artists. Excellent, yeah. And um, can you mention any recent clients of yours? Of uh, who you worked with, uh, musicians and uh, some events and festivals, probably? Yeah, of course. So um, in the UK, we look after Egg London, which is obviously um, a really big club over here. We look after festivals like Future Music, which is over in Asia, which is a, a huge one. They've got the Prodigy and people like Fatboy Slim coming up next year. We look after a lot of conferences in Brazil, uh, the Rio conference. And then we look after artists as well. So people like Darius Sarosian, Patrick Topping, so Guy Gerber, Solomon, people like that. So it's kind of split up between artists and events, really. And those, those are about the, the biggest ones we're looking at at the minute. And uh, you, you've been around for quite a while, yes? So uh, can you uh, mention a little bit on the, on the background and how it all started, Jukebox PR, I mean? For Jukebox, it's, Jukebox itself has been going around seven years. I've been involved for about three. And uh, yeah, for, I, I got into it from a friend who runs the company, Alex, who offered me a, a really exciting role to come on board. And the company was always growing, so... Um, he knew that I had some experience in other fields and, and it kind of just came together really. And like Alex is a wicked guy. He's now, he's out, he's moved on and he looks, goes and looks for the business um, around the world where we just manage the day-to-day operations. So it's, it's kind of a good team. There's about seven of us now and we all work in different areas. And um, yeah, I mean, the company's always on the rise. We're, we're looking expanding again in the new year. So yeah, it's, it's exciting times for the company. It sounds exciting indeed. Oh, excellent. And, uh, so it seems to be the right time to be into the electronic music fields and uh, it's still growing and booming and especially in North America and the whole world and in, in South America and uh, in Asia and everywhere. And uh, any comments on the uh, state of electronic dance music industry right now? I think obviously EDM is the major player. Obviously that's where all the money is and that's where people, kind of the younger people, they go to they go through the EDM market first because that's the one that's obviously most recognized and the most um, approachable. And then obviously after that, people look further afield and go into the more underground stuff. So I think EDM is the major player right now and it's like a platform for the younger fans and um, aspiring artists to look at and then move outside that to the more underground stuff like your Richie Hortons and all those guys that have been doing it for years. And I think um, it's in a good place right now. I think there's a lot of crossover and there's a lot of genres where people can go and look at. It's not just one set piece of music, if you like. There's, there's loads of things that in, a lot of, in electronic dance music. And it's also more accessible for people to start making their own music now, which I think is good. I just think sometimes it can be a bit saturated, but I don't think that's a bad thing, really. I think it's good for the industry that people yeah. are trying to make music. And, and like, yeah, you see, you know, because obviously the, there's a lot of social media now and there's a lot of online presence. 
I think people can just really relate to music a lot more now than what they did maybe 15 years ago, which I think I think is great, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned that there is a EDM and there are some more underground genres. Do you think that, or maybe have you noticed that in the countries where electronic music was not that popular in the past and now EDM is huge, that the crowd is a bit undereducated and doesn't quite know the genres and, and the names and so on beyond the very top mainstream artists and does it matter at all absolutely i think you're completely right i think some people do only know some of the the very very big artists but i mean that's not saying that they can't learn or go away and have a think of who else that is under them if you like on the bill but i do yeah i, I totally agree i think um i think the big artists like the guettas and the tiestos and all those that are playing to thousands and thousands of people not many people look past them and sometimes that can be a bit of a shame but i mean what do you do i mean The platforms are there, aren't they, for people to go and research? You know, the internet's obviously everywhere now, Twitter, Facebook, you know, you name it, it's all there. And the thing is as well, the good thing about the big artists is that they are actually pushing the new artists. So it's it's you know, like the people like the Guettas and the TS or whatever and, and the Angelos and all those guys, they are actually trying to push all these new artists forward as well. So I think it's good. And I do think you have a point, definitely, but I do think some people will go away and go to these festivals and then go, oh, I like that guy, let's have a look at him and let's see what he's getting up to. And I do think it does it does have that knock-on effect, if you like. So I'd like to think that people people look at the aspiring artists as well. Yeah, that's the good news for many of the listeners of the podcast, I'm sure. And I think that it's a good opportunity for uh, people in more, let's say, underground genres to enter this market as well, because they have the possibility to educate the listeners, even the if uh, someone who likes EDM sound, let's say, doesn't quite know what Deep House is or, or whatever, uh, they may walk towards educating these people and showing them that this is an interesting music through mixes and so on and showing their own stuff. So I think it's it's a good time for everyone. Uh, do you see any kinds of, uh, any signs of uh, a potential decline in the nearest future of uh, the popularity of the genre? Of EDM. Yeah, let's see. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. Not right now. Not with the, not with the money that's involved. I think it's I think it's going to continue to rise. And and I do think uh, it's kind of like a, a, people will just keep rolling it out. Do you know what I mean? And obviously the, the younger generation that have got it on the television and got it on the radio and, and all these uh, social platforms, YouTube or what have you, I think they'll continue to just keep looking at it. And then as soon as you get older or more mature or even not necessarily – You might get bored of it. I think people will look at left and right, if you like. I think Carl Cox said it the best that, you know, your EDM's a your basic platform. And then once people get more knowledgeable, they'll start to go left and right to your more drum bass stuff or, you, you know, your, your more underground techno, like, you know, all the German guys. And, you know, I think that's just a really good, I think EDM's just an amazing platform. I mean, I don't, it's not my personal choice of music. I think it does set the bar for people to look at, you know, and, and I don't knock it really. Um and from my personal point of view, obviously it's it's what, what I work in quite a lot, so Yeah. I have some sort of interest in it, you know. But you know, as saying that uh, will people get bored of it? I don't think so. I think it's gonna I think there's that much money in it and obviously people in America, South America, Australia, they've got such a big following over there for this sort of music. Maybe not quite as much in Europe. I mean that obviously Europe has got more of an underground tendency, but still there as well. But like with Australia's and your South America's and, and obviously USA yeah. obviously is huge. It's, I think I don't think it'll ever ever go away not for a long time anyway i don't yeah. think so that's good yeah and yeah going back to these educational thing and, and uh, people looking left and right to different genres even richard Horton, who you mentioned if i'm not mistaken he did this u.s tour recently and tries to bring his sound to these new audiences as well so i think it's 
Yeah, so uh, overall, looks like we agree that it's a great time <laughs> for electronic music producers and, and DJs. It's a very saturated market for sure in any subgenre, but it's still a good place to be at. And still, so about the saturation and music events, I've heard from quite few industry people recently that something like, we don't need another festival right now, especially in EDM, because uh, there is quite a lot already, and uh, it's also a very competitive market. So what do you think about the events specifically? So what are the emerging markets maybe, and do you really think that we've got enough festivals or there is room for more? Are you talking globally or just in Europe? Or? Yeah, I think yeah, globally would be best. So just I mean, yeah, you, you um, can cover several territories. I think in Europe there's a lot of festivals. I think I, I mean, if you go in Holland, for example, I mean, wow, I mean, for such a small country, they've got like one on every week. So maybe Holland needs to calm down a little bit. But I'll say like Holland, for me, I work a lot in Holland and then their festivals are absolutely amazing from production right the way through to the lineups and programming. And they cover a lot of genres. So as well from EDM right the way through to the underground scene, Holland's got such a, um, a knowledgeable market and crowd. It's unbelievable. Um, I think Europe does have a lot of festivals, but I also think because it, it's such a small continent, people will travel. You understand? So I do think they Europe has a good festival scene and the UK obviously has, a, has an amazing one as well. America, I think, has a, a great one. Again, I think it's a money thing in America more than anything. Um And I think they try and cover every base from right the way through from, to rock music, right the way through to dance music, um, which again, again is good. Um, you know, and um, Australia, again, and and, and uh, Southeast Asia, if you kind of put all them together, they all have a massive EDM market. And um, and it's just booming over there right now, do you know what I mean, for festivals. And it seems to be they've got a really good balance over there. I mean, I work a lot over there as well. Um, like I said previously with the future music thing, and it's just doing really well over there right now. I think um, South America as well, they've got a, a good balance over there. I'd say it's, it's probably just about right at the minute. I mean, but I think, you know, in certain maybe pockets of uh, each continent, really, there probably is a little bit too much. And maybe one festival might not do as well as another one, but that's just life in general, isn't it? I think, you know, it can happen in any industry, you know, some, anything gets saturated. I just, but I do think that the promoters and the organizers know what they're doing. You know, I think they'll probably look at previous years or they'll look at, what other festivals are doing and they'll try and make theirs better it's just what happens isn't it unfortunately it's business at the end of the day for a lot of people so i do think you probably have a point some people think things are saturated but i think it, at the minute it's all right i think europe maybe needs to have a little maybe calm down a little bit but i think um yeah it's i think it's, it's pretty good at the minute well yeah that's that's a very solid and, and good reply so i appreciate the this info so going back to jukebox and what you do for events and for the artists Have you been mainly focusing on the PR sites and the publicity, reaching out to media outlets and so on? So can you give a, a general kind of explanation of what you do for your clients? So for a client, for an event, for example, just basically, sorry, into three separate sections. So there's an event side, there's a DJ side, and then there's an agency side as well. But from my point of view, my event side, we would get a client, an event or a festival They would come to us with what they have in a lineup and we would go out there when we target the right market. So, for example, if it was an EDM festival, we would go out there and look at all the EDM sites that we can approach. We'd look at all the magazines that we could approach. We'd look at all the major music magazines we could approach. We'd ask about artist interviews and see if we could plug in artist interviews. We would do competitions for events. We would do reviews of the show, press trips and magazines to, so they can go out and check it. So the next year when they've done that review, they could go back and go, well, this was wicked last year. We can 
move that forward for next year. And it's just a day-to-day basic uh, routine of going out there and finding the right market for these events, really. Um, for example, in Asia, we'd look at all the travel magazines as well to try and plug it into some travel papers and things like that to, to really boost the profile of the event. I mean, that's the aim of the game, really, in PR, is to make sure that this event is not just going to sell, but it's going to look good as well. And we have to go out there and make it shine, really. And that, and that is the basics of it, really. I mean, it doesn't sound that difficult when I speak about it, but believe me, sometimes it's hard getting through to people. Oh, I know. I know, yeah. Your event, you know what I mean? So I'm sure you know yourself what it's like. I, I wish musicians and the potential clients would have a better understanding sometimes of how hard this walk is, really. So I hear yeah, you Yeah, I mean, well. that's it, man. It, it can be stressful sometimes, and especially when you've got um, a lot of people riding on you because, um, you know, like not trying to big up the PR, but obviously it's a bit of an untold hero story, if you like. I mean, obviously the credit goes to the artists and the DJs and the promoters, but the PR kind of sometimes gets a raw deal and, uh, you know, we do a lot of work as well, you know what I mean? Sometimes it does go unnoticed. I do feel as though, like, we, we've got, a, uh, you know, we have a big say in how that festival goes and, you know, nine times out of ten, luckily for Jukebox, we've nailed it on the head, you know what I mean? Um, we've done a wicked job and, like I said, all the things that we do out in Asia, I really enjoy. It's, sometimes it's challenging but if you didn't have that challenge then what, what other point in working right you know what i mean so yeah yeah excellent cool and so since we've got uh, quite a bit of uh, musicians listening to this show let's move to this direction working with artists if you don't mind and um yeah sure uh, to start with so what stage of an artist career do you think or do you recommend looking into hiring a pr agency Because I can assume it's not exactly for everyone, especially when someone just starting up and has no audience and not a lot of releases and so on. Or maybe you can even mention some of the things you are looking into when you are approached by new musicians and new producers and DJs. So at what stage of a career would you recommend hiring a publicist? I think the artist itself will have to have a base, you know, portfolio of tracks maybe have a few gigs under his or her belt i think obviously having thinking outside the box you know there's a lot of stuff that we look after we, we we've now started to look after a lot of bigger artists that are obviously more established but we're up and coming artists obviously just i think just having a portfolio of good tracks thinking outside the box having a mindset of knowing that you want to really be in it because it's not an easy industry to be in it sounds easy on paper just going out playing and making music every week but it's actually not the travels obviously there and that so you've got to have that a real good focus of wanting to achieve and just having really strong music. I know it sounds easier easier said than done, but having a good portfolio of music um, to show us and having that, uh, you know, inspiration and having the d- determination to achieve and that will come across to us and we could sit down and think of a plan. Sometimes it doesn't work out straight away, but if you stick with us, we will get you into the places that you need to go. And just on the side from, just sorry, just let me explain slightly from our agency side, we also do the PR side for the artists as well. So with us, you can get, um, you know, like a double hit if you like, because we would look after you and try and get you bookings, but we'd also help you get into the magazines and get you noticed. And that's kind of something that Jukeboxes, oh sorry, DJ Voices, which is the other side of the company would help you get to. So I think it, I just, there's a lot of new artists coming through and you know it's like yourself obviously you see it on Beatport and some people don't even get a look in anymore because obviously the market's so saturated but um we would always try and help you get to get on the Beatports get onto the labels that we think you would help you would help you move forward basically and that, that's what we do so yeah, yeah um, good. I would just say having a good portfolio of tracks to start with and you know never giving up really because you know so you might not get that reply straight away but you will do eventually if your music is good because People generally do listen to everything, especially now there's, the market is so big. 
Um, so yeah, just thinking outside the box and, and not giving up really. I know that this is a tricky question, right? And just myself and that it depends all the time, but what kind of a budget an artist should have in mind for a proper PR campaign, for example, we're talking about a rising artist or not an established one. So maybe a bit smaller campaign, more yeah. of, uh, focused on growth, but what kind of uh, yeah, finances? I think um, if you're looking for, basically it wouldn't be a monthly thing, you know, it would be, if you're an aspiring artist, you won't want to do it just for one month because you wouldn't get noticed. I'm sure you know that yourself. You probably want to do it for maybe two or three, or maybe even you can do it on a six month thing to just try and build up, build up, build up and get yourself noticed a little bit further. I mean, if you had around, you know, if you talked, had around maybe 150 to 200 pounds, which is what is about maybe 300 euros, I guess. I don't know these days. I don't know what it is these days. Probably 250 euros. You could probably get onto a, an agency to try and push yourself and try and obviously, you know, get you those gigs and get you into the magazines and try and get in, into those pockets of where you need to be really. And hopefully if you get a good PR, they will obviously, they'll advise you on where you want to go and they won't just push you into markets that you, you know, you don't want to go like, for example, as EDM magazines, if you're doing techno or sorry, house, you won't want to go into an EDM magazine. You know, sometimes you want, you'd want to be into all the cooler, maybe cooler sites if you like, if you like, like the resident advice and things like that. And yeah. hopefully they would give you that advice to go with it. So Yeah, I mean, I reckon, you know, you could probably start off with an agency around that, around those sort of prices, I think. Yeah, that's good. So these are some pragmatical questions we are done with these. But what about the ones who don't have a budget right now and may not be ready for an agency at this very moment? Do you have an advice for an artist on what you would recommend doing themselves maybe before they approach you asking you for your services. So what directions to develop to build an audience themselves? Maybe speaking about social media or do you recommend doing something PR related by artists themselves? Of course. I mean, yeah, I mean, like it's just, you just nailed it on the head. Obviously social media now is such, such a huge thing with any sort of a uh, musician and obviously just getting yourself a SoundCloud page, a Facebook page, posting your music, even sending your music emailing your music to agents and artists i mean now obviously all the big artists are actually on facebook and they've got an email address um for the company and or they've got like a promo email address could you sometimes they won't get back to you but don't get downhearted about that you know that's just the, the nature of the beast and that's how busy they are but if just keep plugging away um even sending even making some mixes and send them into local clubs things like that it all works it all adds up it all shows that you, you're really keen and you've got aspirations to do something about it um Obviously, and people will get back to you, even if you send them to agencies, a lot of them these days are that nice that they will give you feedback anyway, do you know what I mean, for free and say, this is a direction you need to go in or, or we can do something. And sometimes if your music's that good, they might even say, listen, yeah, come with us, we'll help you and direct you that way. So, I mean, there is a lot of a lot of scope these days. It's not as hard as it, it once was, you know, I remember like, I mean, I wasn't around, but I mean, if, you, if you think back to like the 90s, maybe the early 90s, when there was, there was not Facebook, anything like that, people had to do it the hard way, you know, and Yeah. Send physical copies and post physical copies and things like that and try and get noticed that way. But now it's a lot easier, obviously. And I do think a lot of people could people come through. Um obviously there's some rubbish as well, but that's just obviously again, that's just the way it is and some people do get lucky unfortunately. But yeah. I think yeah, yeah, that's just the way it is. That's good, yeah. Uh something that you touched upon, so related to outreaching to agencies and to labels potentially and so on. Something that I've noticed uh, is I must a lot, and uh, lately especially, even for I covered this uh, question with um, some interviews in the past, 
But still, I, this is the question I got asked a lot. How exactly to approach the labels? And uh, some basic tips on even crafting an email uh, would be really appreciated because, and I've seen this myself, like some artists don't have a single idea how to approach them properly. They just, I mean, they're like on absolutely different walls with the industry people who are pretty pragmatic and cynical. They're busy. They want to see that it's relevant and see the points of the message and so on. And artists can be doing it totally wrong. Do you have any advice of this self-outreach kind of thing that artists may be doing, contacting labels, for example? I think it's getting the basics right, getting the email right, having having anything right. Some people are so fickle and some people are so hard work to get through. It's anything from basic spelling to getting the grammar, everything right. Some people are that busy. For example, if you send an email to Richie Horton's management and it, the spelling's all wrong and things like that, I know it's so simple, but you need to get everything perfectly mapped out, everything neat and tidy, have all your SoundCloud links working. I wouldn't send Mediafire links for a start. Do you know what I mean? These big artists will not download music. Send SoundCloud links so they can just quickly check it, go over it, and then it's done. I don't think sending loads of download links, people just people don't have the time to be downloading music all the time anymore. And so if you send something that's easy and quick to listen to, that then that's that's an obvious one straight away. And just having your email nice, being really friendly, being straight to the point. You don't need to ravel through loads of biogs and biographies. It's just to have a simple explanation of who you are, what you're doing, where you're from. And, you know, you don't have to send thousand word essay. It's just literally, this is what I do. This is what I've got. And go from there, really. And, and the, the nine times out of ten, they'll probably read it, or at least their A&R will read it and say, oh, this track's good, this track's good. And they'll earmark it and send it on. You know, I, I think that's it's as simple as that, I think. I mean, we get sent so much these days um, that we just do get through them all. But we pick out the ones we want because we don't have to download. We can read it well. It's it's clear. They're straight to the point. I think all those things are, are the major points, really. I don't think there's a really right and wrong way, but I just think those are things that are, we would look at personally at Jukebox and DJ. Right, right, so, right. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. This is exactly what I was asking asking about. So exactly the right things. And yeah, so great points. Thank you for these. Okay, so anything that you hear that you are excited about? So any upcoming events and not necessarily festivals maybe some award shows or something or maybe some artists who you want to mention who you are excited to maybe it's even to work with no matter if it's a plug of your clients so anything exciting for this new year well event wise i mean i am looking forward to digital festival which is in amsterdam i'm a massive techno fan so people like panther the prince and you know, and obviously all those guys are playing and Dixon's playing, Bodica and all those guys. So I'm looking forward to that one. That's in April. And we are promoting that. But uh, yeah, that's a great one. And I've just got a really big year, obviously, with festivals as well. But I'm looking forward to working with artists. Obviously, I'm working with Litter on at the minute, which is good. And there's some new guys coming out and that I'm really excited about called Allerton and Heat as well that plays at Bergen occasionally and in Berlin. Who else would I think is good? I think uh, Jasper James is going to have a massive year. This is just as a fan. I'm not working with this guy, but I think Jasper James is going to have a wicked year. Um, who's from Glasgow. He's part of Jack Masters' label, um, obviously. And who else? Sarah Alba as well, who's a good friend of mine, but he's also just uh, he's also signed now with Kerry Chandler's label, which is amazing. A good friend of mine as well, and he's going to have a UGA next year. And yeah, just following on from all the stuff that we've got this previous year, we, you know, we're working on a lot of stuff with in Germany and a lot of stuff in, in Brazil so yeah I mean 
I'm really excited for New Year. It's going to be amazing. The label that I work with is kicking on, and and the events side of it is just it's just it's doubled in last year. So we've got like I think we've got like 17 festivals next year. That so I'm wow. just excited for them all, really. Excellent. Wow, excellent. Yeah. So thanks for these. And just just to wrap it up, if you have any advice to a listener, to a musician in particular, please share. Uh, but speaking about all the links to jukebox and so on, I'm linking to you in the show notes, so it's very easy to find you online. But just to wrap it up, anything you'd like to recommend, to wish, or just a very quick final advice? Yeah, I mean, just obviously, if you are aspiring to get into PR even, or even as a DJ or whatever, just obviously, just think outside the box. Don't let anybody tell you that you don't deserve what you want, because you do. And obviously, I think just always stand up and be counted you know don't you know if you don't give up and i think yeah that's just basically it man i mean like uh, it took me i came to leeds with 500 pounds in my back pocket and now i'm working in pr you know what i mean i didn't have anything going for me or anything and I'm, now i'm here seven years on it's just it's been a whirlwind but like um i think um if i can do it pretty much anybody can basically that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> brilliant brilliant uh, it, it's that's a really good one so thank you so much for all the insights and for this conversation You're very welcome, Andrew. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to the We Spin Recipes podcast. Learn how we can help you improve your music career at wespin12.com. We Spin 12.